Sorry. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome <laughs> back to the Athlete Hackers podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You are in the presence of greatness today. And he sure as hell ain't talking about me. I don't know about me. <laughs> uh, I am Mark Spellman. We are the Athlete Hackers. Uh, before we get to our, our, our one of our few and first return guests, I think, I think you're number three on the return return guest list so it's a short list um last last uh episode we had luke corella from georgia tech on um my biggest takeaways one earning the respect of the athletes that you work with on a daily basis and also the interview process for onboarding new student athletes into your program um i thought was very interesting and lou if you're listening i'm definitely going to steal that um, from my next place of employment. Uh, so thank you. I'll probably be asking you for the 25 questions, but I'm sure I can come up with my own as well. Uh, I like the fact that uh, he got a kind of a natural social media following that wasn't contrived. You know, he puts out what comes from his heart, what he tells his players, and he's not doing it for his his viewers, his, his users, he's doing it, you know, he just puts it out for his players and he just happened to get a big following as a result. So that's pretty natural to me. And I think we're going to be, I tried to push him to get an NIL deal for all the stuff that he puts out so he can make some, so he can get that side hustle, just like the student athletes. <laughs> Our guest this week, as I said, it's a return guest. Since, uh, and for all the coaches that are listening, if you want to become Collegiate Strength Coach of the Year, you should probably get on our podcast because, well, she was on our podcast and she won the goddamn award. This is um, big. I, I, I'm, 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 I'm fanboying right now. <laughs> this is like the Grammys for strength and conditioning, and you're basically the artist of the year. The artist of the year, yep, yep. Can you come up with a cool, cool symbol so we can call you the, the strength coach formerly known as Leanne, Leanne Blinn? Uh, so for those that haven't picked up on it, the NSTA strength coach of the collegiate strength coach of the year, Miss Leanne Blinn. What's going on, coach? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. All jokes aside, congratulations. It's uh, I'm sure it's well, well earned. Thanks. 25 years. It only took a few years. That's all right. I'm good. And, but but also on that list, how many female collegiate strength coaches have been strength coach of the year? Uh, I think it's only been Meg Stone and Andrea Hootie. I think are the only. Damn. Yeah. That puts you. That puts you up there. Yep, yep. <laughs> I am old, so I've been. You know. <laughs> Man, you're not that old. You're not that old yet. So. You're, you're, you're getting there, but not yet. I can still bench you. <laughs> Probably, that, that has nothing to do with age, Leanne. That has nothing to do with that. That's true. You're weak. That's yeah, okay. I am weak. I'm <laughs> and I'm, I'm, I put that on my next business card. Weakest strength coach in the country. You'll never and be David, able to grow. Proud of it. You'll never be able to grow a goatee like that, though, Leanne. You're right. Not not unless, you know, I decide to change into a male. <laughs> oh, that, was, that, that actually might be one of the topics that we're going to have a, have a little chat with about today. A um, couple things going off the bat. How's the hockey team doing? Uh, good. We're a uh, rough weekend at Minnesota State. Um, but, you know, they're number one in the country. So I thought the boys played actually pretty well. Um, what was the score? Four, two, and five. 
four, two, and five, three. So. Okay, good showing. It's not bad. Showing, good showing. Um, so now we're uh, back home. We got uh, Anchorage, Alaska. I'm not Anchorage, sorry, Fairbanks, Alaska, um, here this weekend. Um, then two bye weeks, and then we go to Alaska. Um, then a bye week, and then not Long Island here. So. <laughs> okay. So How's the weather in Alaska this time of year? Oh, I think it's like, you know, three hours of uh, sunlight over there and um, yeah, pretty damn cold. <laughs> it was cold in Minnesota. It was like I, chill negative 17 and high for the day of two. Yikes. I think, I think your GA should go to the, the Alaska trip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Fairbanks, oh, Fairbanks, Fairbanks is not a hot spot. <laughs> I got something for all our listeners in Fairbanks, Alaska. We love you. <laughs> um, <laughs> Northern Lights, though, you know, you get to see that, but uh, yeah. But a couple things. Time. First and foremost, like Chris said, congratulations on a much deserved and 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 long coming award. Um, and also, it's National uh, Women and Girl in Sport Day, I believe today. I saw <laughs> some somebody posted it. Somebody so, posted it. yep, somebody posted it. You're right. You're right. And I did, but I didn't see your I didn't see your picture along with the other female strength coaches. So that kind of and i know who posted it so actually 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 do better you have to compete with groundhog day <laughs> wow I, I wasn't even good wow good luck good luck with why the did they do that why couldn't they make it the day after or something <laughs> yeah exactly it's, it's groundhog day and not yeah it is so, what it is. it is what it is since since and and for those that don't know that the the assistant strength coach of the year is Ryan Messer down at Clemson, who we'll be having on in a couple of weeks. So it's going to be nice to have the two collegiate strength coaches of the year on the podcast. That being said, Leanne, we've gone over a bunch of things uh, from our first talk. So let's get more into the nuts and bolts of what you do at Arizona State. And I'm an incoming we'll say I'm an incoming junior hockey player, not junior class level, but I, I play junior hockey. What, what's the first thing that I can expect as a, a sun devil coming into your program? How are we starting that whole relationship off? Uh, honestly, conversation. Um, you know, I call the guys that are coming in and, you know, kind of get a background, get a history on them in terms of what's, you know, what their training training has been like, you know, have they trained? Do they not train? Um, how old were they when they started? Have they never touched a or stepped foot in a weight room before? Um, I find out their injury history, so I find out a lot of things about the athlete, and then I find out what their goals are. Some guys want to come in and you know have a great collegiate career and you know get an education and 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 not go anywhere else. Some guys have aspirations of playing in the NHL, um, so. Uh, but you still got to treat those kids, you know, whether they want to go on and play in the NHL or they want to have a great college collegiate career, you got to treat them, you know, the same in terms of giving them the same, you know, same opportunities. So uh, for me, I'm always like, I don't care if you're the first one off the bench, the last one off the bench or never up the, uh, never off the bench. I'm always going to coach you with same intensity and, you know, same, same will as, as anybody else. So I don't, I don't fan girl or fan boy, like, way to bring that full circle athletes that come all time you know proteins or whatever and like it's kind of funny to me because i again i'm older i've been around it a long time and um 
professional athletes or whatnot. And to me, it's like, you know what? Pardon the expression. They wipe their ass the same way we wipe our ass every day. They put on their pants the same way we put on our pants. Like they're people, you know, it's like, I get it. Okay. Maybe, maybe they make millions of dollars. Maybe they're, you know, the greatest athlete in the world or, you know, in that sport, whatever. Um, but they're also people. So, um, I, like not, I, not to mention they're on a, on a team to play in college before they go, go pro too. I mean, they, they've got to, they've got to carry that out first. Right. Yep. Yep. So, so in your in your 25 years, have any has any athlete come into the weight room and tried to big time you? Um like no. don't you know who I am? Um yeah, one, um, uh, but I won't say their name. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. What institution of higher learning were you at? I was here. Um oh. yeah, we it was back in the day. It was back in the day. Yeah. Okay. I can, I can probably guess sport, but I might be (laughs) wrong, but I can, I can probably figure it out. Yeah. Tell Uh, your basketball, tell your basketball coach to stop threatening freaking college refs too. (laughs) I have nothing to do with that. (laughs) I think he, uh, I think he, I think he, he, I think he became $25,000 lighter after that little run in with the referees. Yeah, I heard, I heard something about it, but I did not see it, so. <laughs> doesn't, doesn't Donnie know part of his job is to get him before he says those magical words to a referee at the end of a game? <laughs> I know that. <laughs> oh, there have been many times I've grabbed Coach Cooley by the, by the belt strap and no, no, we, no, no. <laughs> we need, we, just, that's before I, that's before I probably couldn't hold him anymore. Yeah. <laughs> I, it just shows like, All right, let's go. It just shows you that emotion is so much stronger than intelligence because you sit any coach down when they're, when they're calm and say, is this right or this wrong? They'll give you a big explanation of why you shouldn't do that. Because first and foremost, refs don't care. They're not going to change their call or ever. It's just not going to happen, but you get in the heat of a game and sometimes you just can't control yourself. Yep. Got to see your piece. We've all said um, some things that we probably shouldn't have said in our lifetime. <laughs> yeah, there are a bunch of athletes listening right now going, Coach, you've threatened my life multiple times. <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> um, all right. I, I, I would assume uh, both of you saw the lawsuit brought up against the NFL yesterday by the former uh, Miami Dolphin coach, Coach Flores. Yep. All right. All right. By the deafening, by the deafening response, I guess, I guess I'll land on this grenade. Um, one, I think the NFL is terrified of this class action lawsuit um, because I believe there's some things that coach Flores is um, stating are facts. And I think they're going to be found out. Um, but I also think Coach Flores also understands by this lawsuit, he's probably just kissed his NFL career goodbye as well. So that being said, as a female strength and conditioning coach in the collegiate setting, what needs to happen to ensure that positions like yours are more freely open when those positions become available? Hey. You know, <laughs> age old question, you know, it's, it's all in who you attach yourself with and who you, who you connect with as coaches. Um, 
you know, and a lot of people want, a lot of people go off of, well, I know this person, so I'm going to hire this person. You know, for me, hiring someone, like, I want to hire the best person for the job. I don't care if you're male, female, black, blue, green, white, it doesn't matter to me. I'm the best person for the job. Um, Brian Flores was one of my athletes at Boston College. He was a football Did not football know that. So I've known B Flo for a long time. Um, and he's an unbelievable kid. Now, when I say kid, because he was a kid when I was there um, at BC, um, you know, so, so it's, it's a sad state of affairs. I mean, even, even the, the amount of, you know, diversity and equity that they want in sports. And there was a big push in the NFL, I don't know how many years ago, five, seven, 10 years ago, you know, oh, we really want to put women in the NFL, you know, we want to diversify in our offices and all this stuff. Well, it's like, okay, you're just filling a quota. Like, I don't want to be a number and a quota, like hire me because I'm good at what I do. Don't make me take a step back. Oh, you can apply for an internship, you know, with the NFL, you can, you can intern, you know, even though you have 20 years of experience, you're still not good enough for the NFL. You never put on pads before in your life. Like, you know, it's, it's one of those things like, you know, you don't question a, you know, if I'm a lawyer and I went to school to be a lawyer, you don't question it. Well, it's a female. So she's not a good lawyer, as good of a lawyer as a male lawyer or, you know, or a dentist. Like you don't question, you know, you look at a doctor or whatever, or, you know, you don't question, well, male, female. And that's so much of this right now in terms of like, um, you know, male, female, well, you know, it's in sports. So, you know, women don't exactly know, or, you know, it's minorities. Minorities don't have as many opportunities it, it, it's it's a tough it's a tough conversation it's it's you know you want to see people do well and give people opportunities to do well and to grow and and to uh have have just as much equal opportunity as as a white male and i can tell you you know there was a point in time if you were a white male you're screwed have getting a job like in strength and conditioning because they had to fill positions even even back in the day for me it was like women and minorities encouraged to apply you know, or you see job postings, you know, off the record job postings that say they're looking for a female, they're looking for a minority, they're looking for this. So they, you know, whether it's HR or whether it's, you know, just within the department that they want these to fill these quotas. And it's like, you got to hire, you got to educate and you have to, you know, bring good people up and mentor good people to put them in positions, but it shouldn't matter whether you're male, female, black, blue, green, white, brown. It, it shouldn't really matter. Put the best person in the job. I'm telling you, when I become a director, the last thing I need to do is hire a white, bald, loud male. I already got one of them. They got it's one of them. It's me. Check mark. I got I got that covered. I mean, and, and you and I talked recently when I was up for a position, and I told you I'm gonna try and hire I would I would have tried to hire you for my staff, and I was not joking at all. And, uh, you know, and it, and it just goes to the root. I, I just, I want the staff that I put together, I want to be as diversified as possible, but based on their abilities. Yeah. Like I, like it would be like, and I, and I've used this in an interview. It's like me putting together our special operating operations group. I want to, I want everybody to fill every position, but I need somebody to focus on like, sports science, nutrition, recovery. Like I need other people to check boxes. I don't need somebody to come in and program. I know how to do that. 
you know, and I'm just going to try and fill in my gaps as best as possible. You know, going back to what you said, I just want the best qualified people. I could care less. Yeah. It's the same as how I hired here and hired ASU is I want the best people. I don't want to hire mini me's. They can only handle one of me here. (laughs) Like, you know, yes, I am, I guess loud, but I'm not really loud. Like I, and it's not just that I want to be heard to be heard. It's like, this is, these are the, the concerns that I have for our department, for our people, for our student athletes. This is the, this is the reality of what's going on. Like, and I don't want to, you know, you can put glitter on a turd. It's still a turd. Like, you know, it's, you know, you can sugarcoat everything. Like it, it's just, it, it drives me nuts. It's like, let's fix the problem or don't tell me what I want to hear from an administrative standpoint don't tell me what I want to hear because you think it's what I want to hear. Tell me, tell me the truth of what's happening so I can solve the problem. You know, mm-hmm. if there is a problem, if there is an issue, tell me, tell me the truth so I can solve it. And if I can't solve it, then that's on you because you're not allowing me to solve it because you're holding, you're holding something, you know, that it just can't be fixed, you know, anything be fixed. But if you're not going to allow me to fix it and you're going to tell me what I tell me what I want to hear, it's not, it's not going to work. You know, for me, hiring people is like, I want to hire, like you said, fill in the gaps and fill in. I don't want to have to micromanage. We're at Arizona State. We're a Pac-12 school or a Power 5 school. I should be hiring people, quality people that, you know, have experience that can bring something to the table. I'm not going to tell them, hey, this is how you have to write your programs. I don't work with those kids every day. You, Gavin, you work with the STEM program. You work with, you know, your volleyball girls. You see them every day. You know what makes them tick. You know what, what the coach wants. I would sign off on anything anything that you do as long as it's safe and effective and you're getting the results that you want and need and the coaches and the coaches are getting the results that they need. You know, if, if I will always back my strength coach. I will always back them, 100%. Um, as, a, as, a good, as a good boss would do. So, should do. Unfortunately, there's, there's places that, you know, they're going to listen to a, to a head coach, a six-figure salary, six-year contract head coach. And if the strength coach or athletic trainer or any support staff butts heads or asks a question or doesn't like, a head coach doesn't like what they see, then you're out. You know, you're easily replaceable. Like, you're, you're gone. <laughs> and it's, it's almost like we don't have a profession anymore. Like, our, like, strength and conditioning is not a profession anymore. It was a profession where you – had a staff of people that worked with you for you and you and you and you provided a service to a team sports medicine you provide medical service to a team but now everyone's you're attached to that team and you know that's all it is like you're not you know you have to answer to the head coach which which I'm fine with you know as long as you're doing the right thing you know, I, I don't know. Just we're, we're we're not a profession anymore. It's it, and it's a sad state of our uh, of strength conditioning. I think. Let's explore yeah. something before we get too far away from it. <laughs> You've never put pads on, so I could see someone making that argument somewhat legitimately if it was an actual sports coach. But that being said. There's plenty of examples of coaches who never played the game and are just geniuses at it. And plenty of athletes who are incredible players that can't coach their way out of a paper bag. 
But in terms of strength and conditioning, not putting pads on, tell our listeners why that's not true. It's complete BS because it's it, like not putting not putting pads on, not playing the game. It, it's we are strength coaches. If I want to do X's and O's, I'm not going to tell the coach what to do on fourth and one. I'm not going to tell a coach how to run a power play. I'm not going to, I'm not going to tell them to run a zone offense or, you know, man to man. Like that's not, that's not my area of expertise. My area of expertise is development. It's strength and conditioning. You need, my expertise is getting guys stronger, getting guys faster, um, getting less in more injury resilient. You know, it's just like, you don't hire a dentist to go out and, you know, go in a courtroom, you know, and, <laughs> and plead a case. Like you, you don't hire you don't hire an athletic trainer to go out and, you know, whatever, be a dentist, whatever. I mean, it's, it's just not the way it is. Like you have an area of expertise and just because I never put pads on doesn't mean I don't know anything about football. Like it's being a coach. There's no, there's no school for coaching. There's no science to back up like that. That's experiential. Right. But what you guys do is based off of science and the science is the same for every single body, although it diversifies a little bit different for whatever kind of athlete you're dealing with. Football is different than basketball, but that science has been constructed already and it is set. Is, is that is that the right way to describe it? Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you look at different things, you look at body types, you look at energy systems, you look at you know, you don't train a volleyball player the same. You're going to train an endurance, you know, a cross country runner. You know, you, you look at, you know, are you a power based? You know, what's your energy system? Um, you know, how long is your game? What's your recovery? What's there's so many little things that go into it. And it, it's not just about putting a weight on a bar. Like there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I, I don't know. And I don't know. Someone in that mindset, what, what are they thinking? What, what, advantage do they think they're getting from a strength coach that quote unquote put pads on? I think they're getting someone who under, they think that they understand what it's like to be that athlete on the field at any given time. That's, that's that, that's that mindset. Well, you know what it's like to get hit. You know what it's like to, you know, carry a ball, you know what it's like to, you know, the game itself. That's, is that going to change their, their, the way they're trained or their, their rest periods or their periodization? Nope. nope. Zero. Won't change anything. Won't and change. a lot of times in our profession, individuals that have played sports don't have that exercise science background that should be required for our positions. I talked to a, a dad at working out at the gym the other day and, you know, he's like, you know, asking me questions about training and, you know, and I'm like, well, you know, I've been a strength coach. Like I didn't say where, cause I never go in any ASU stuff. I always go and just plain whatever. Um, I still wear my high school, Franklin high school stuff, <laughs> my Holliston high school stuff from coaches, at the high school, um, level. And, um, he's like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to figure out the, the football coach is the strength coach. And, you know, they're doing three sets of 10 on everything, you know, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, they're lifting it's three sets, of 10, you know, bench squat clean. I'm like, Oh, you know, and I want to pull my hair out. Like, just because you're a football coach doesn't make you a qualified strength coach, you know, but that's, that's just the way it's been for, for so long. Um, I don't know. I, and it's I, still, it's still kind of that way in the high school world. It's, it's still like that. Like in Arizona, yeah. there's more, 
there's more and more strength coaches being hired in high school, um, which is awesome to see. Um, but still a lot of schools and a lot of districts, they don't have the money for it and they don't understand it yet. It's just like, you would never hire, you know, you never put a, you wouldn't put a pool in and not hire a lifeguard. You know, you gotta, if you're going to put a pool in, you gotta have a lifeguard. So why do you put a weight room in and not hire a strength coach? Like it's, that's, you know, but the thinking, the thought process for some is, you know, well, back in the day, I, you know, I lifted weights, you know, um, <laughs> you know, and it's like, yeah, that's why you're all, you're all beat up now, you know? So I mean, I always... it's the same from, from a standpoint of me as being in powerlifting, you know, back in the day, it was like, it was the rite of passage for me. Like I got into lifting to show that I knew I practiced what I preached. So I lifted, I competed, I stepped on the platform. I knew what it was like to compete um, besides playing field hockey and softball in college. But from a weight room perspective, it's a way that I had to take a step up to say, you know what? I knew what I was doing in the weight room. I understand what it's like to put 500 pounds on my back and squat it. I understand what it's like to put 400 pounds on my hands and bench it. I know what it's like. And, and back then it was like, Hey, you know, that that's, that's pretty cool. That's awesome that you competed. Now you go on an interview. Well, you're a power lifter. I don't want my athletes being a power lifter. Go screw, go screw yourself. Like it's not, I'm not going <laughs> to screw your athletes into power lifters. It's, it's called training. It's called competitiveness. It's called mindset. It's called working your ass off and, you know, and working hard. It's, you know, learning. Well, it's also, it's also knowing disappointment. It, the agony of defeat, you know, it's I like, mean, yeah, yeah. I think, I think one of the things that makes me probably the coach that I am is that I know, I still remember missing the 500 free school record by two one hundredths of a second. Okay. That's 20, that's 20 lengths of the pole and it's quicker than you can blink your eye. Yep. And I never wanted my athletes to feel that disappointment. I mean, we're talking 40, we're talking 35 years ago. Yep. And I, I, I remember the time to this day. I know the exact time, you know? So, you know, that's why I got into it. The funny other, the other funny thing is you never hear the flip side to this argument. You know, why, why is a man, why is a men's strength coach coaching a women's team? He can't relate. He can't relate to what it is. What's it like to be a female? Yeah. He you never, like to have menstrual cramps and be on your period and all that stuff. Like, you know, how, how are you going to relate to that? You know, but you don't, <laughs> but, you ne- <laughs> but you never, you never hear that side, especially from women head coaches. Nope. Like why is my, why you never, I've never heard a female coach go. I don't want him to be my strength coach. Cause he can't relate to being, to not being a female. Yep. You're, you're absolutely right. You know, I've said it before. Look at, look at Gino Ariyama, one of the, you know, most coveted women's basketball coaches. You're going to tell him he can't, he can't coach you. Oh, how do you coach a women's team? You're a guy, you know, <laughs> it, it makes no sense. It absolutely makes no sense. Yeah. I, I, I think a good coach is a good coach is a good coach. is a good coach. And I think what you started the conversation with is it comes back to communicating and personal skills. Yeah. Like, you know, if you don't know the kid's name, but you're teaching them, you're, you're correcting his squat, maybe get to know the kid before you, you, you correct them on, on the squat. I mean, just be a human being. It's, it, to me, it's a three C's. It's connection, communication, and collaboration. That's 100%. And that's why you're the strength coach of the year. <laughs> <laughs> so, but it goes around, like, 
with you have to have the same thing with whether you're talking to a coach, an administrator, a staff, your staff, a student athlete, you have to be able to connect with that person, you know, on a personal level, on a professional level, you have to be able to connect with them, figure out, you know, communicate, what do they want? What do they hear? But connect like and, and figure out, you know, what do you hear? What do, what do you hear they're saying? And then you got to figure out what they're saying. And it may be something different, you know, in collaboration. It can't just be, well, it's my way or the highway or it's one way and done. Like, okay, coach, why do you want this in your program? What do you think is so special about whatever X exercise, you know, whether you're a weightlifting, you know, you clean or don't clean or oh, I don't want my kids you know, we've, I've heard coaches, well, you know, I don't want my kids catching cleans and, you know, like, you know, for a tennis player, you know, it's going to hurt their wrists. And it's like, okay, I get where you're coming from, but at the same time, like you had to have a history of someone hurting themselves to say that, you know, cause, cause God forbid you ever step your foot, your ass in the weight room and kind of see what we're doing. You know, it's, we're not just all meatheads, you know, maybe back in the day that's, you know, you look at muscle and fiction magazines and you just have, you know, jacked out men and women and that's what people you know older older coaches think of strength conditioning they just think of bodybuilding muscle laden and you know huge can't move and and that you know so. when, we, when we talked to coach lou last week he uh he uh said and i'm gonna ask you the question um i've never done a work i've never had any of my athletes or any of my clients or anybody that i've trained do a workout that i personally haven't done What's your thoughts on that? I mean, I, I, right now I'm probably not doing the same weight or the same rep scheme, but I've definitely done all the exercises that I've prescribed for my individuals to do. What's your thoughts on that? Cause I know, I know, I know we probably have the same feeling, especially with some younger coaches. They put these super duper programs together, but they've never gotten underneath the bar. Yeah. Um, I think it's important, especially as a young coach. Like I think it's a hundred percent important that, you you do the workout all summer i did with one of our coaches um we worked out we did the whole hockey program all summer long i did it like so hey i may not have done all the conditioning that the boys did <laughs> however all the weight room stuff i 100 percent did um but none of them called you out on that no one called no they didn't but they they also know though <laughs> coach did you do this tuesday 10, 10 sets of nope. 200s <laughs> Nope. Nope. So yeah, I mean, I've, I've done it. I've done it all, you know, and, you know, being older and a little bit more broken <laughs> than, uh, than what I used to be. Um, you know, I'll still, I'll still go through workouts and you know, even for guys, like I get it. You're banged up, you're beat up. I need to modify stuff. I have no problem modifying stuff for, for guys. Like lifting is lifting. Playing is pay, playing. It's how set has said it for years. You know, and, and he's also said your, your best lifters aren't your best, best athletes and your best athletes aren't necessarily your best lifters on the field court or whatever it is. So you have to do, you know, program whatever's maximized programming based on your athlete, you know, whether it's, you know, individualizing. I don't do anything cookie cutter. Like it's like, okay, let, you know, so I'm sitting here right now at all sorts of different things, you know, like, all right, I got two bye weeks. What am I going to do for, for, you know, guys one through 27? What, what do they need? And, and again, goes back to communication and, and having that connection. Like I asked my guys individually, what do you need me to be in these next two weeks, or these next six weeks to help you have a great end of your season? Like, what do you need from me? You know, is that me 
being like, Hey, you're, you're feeling great in the weight room, your injuries, like our injuries knock on wood have been pretty, pretty down, which has been awesome. A few nicks and dings and, and, uh, but you know, for me to ask the whole group, Hey, what do you need? You're going to get 12 different answers. You know, you may get a couple that are the same, but not every person is the same. You know, I got kids that are 140 pounds and I got kids that are 220 pounds. You know, I got kids that, that, that are great benchers. Um, and I have kids that have long levers that can't bench at all, you know? So, so for me, looking at kids and, and talking to kids and having that conversation, like, what do you need from me, you know, and to make this experience great. And that's, and that's why I think for us, even for all of our staff, we have such a great relationship with our kids is that, you know, what do you need from us to make your experience great? You know, um, and that's what I think some people forget when they're in college athletics and they forget that it's like, yeah, it, it's about wins and losses, but you have to create a great culture. You have to have a great atmosphere. Yeah, it's not always going to be fun in games and there's going to be times where a coach is going to yell at you or, you know, you're going to get pissed off. You're not getting enough playing time, whatever. But you, at the end of the day, you got to look in the mirror and look at yourself. And am I really giving 110%? You know, am I really doing what I'm supposed to do? Um, you know, what happens when, when the day, the last day you ever step foot in the field? You know, how do you feel when it's your last game or you have a season-ending injury? Did, did you do everything you need to do in your career there's, there's no woulda coulda shoulda there's no do-overs like so live each day compete each day and, and, and practice each day like it could be your last because you never know if it is like you never know when your last when your last competition is hmm. something something can happen coach um your incoming freshman um on average what what do you see as deficits in terms of you know, their, their knowledge or their physical being that might be able to be corrected in the previous four to six years prior to them coming to you that would help your job and help their performance? Sports specialization has gotten way out of hand. Oh, so. we're going there. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I think that um, you know, I, before I got back into the college setting, I own my own business after the athletic based training. And I would hear from parents like, oh, my kid's going to be the next Tiger Woods. Oh, my kid's going to be the next Dustin Pedroia. Oh, my kid's going to be the next Tom Brady. And it's like, those are, those are a diamond in the rough. Like, I, I get it. You want dreams and aspirations and, you know, and then, oh, well, you know, my, my club coach or my junior coach or my AAU coach told me I got to, I got to compete year round. I got to train year round. And, up a basketball year round and, and and they never have time to take a break like cross training is actually a good thing it's a great thing for developing skills outside of just that one skill of your sport um you know and, and training too as far as lifting wise goes i think lifting lifting and learning how to run properly and running mechanics and sprint mechanics and you know some injury prevention stuff um is really huge and i think parents don't see that piece of it because all they hear in their ear is club coaches or AAU coaches. Oh, got to play more. Got to play more. Thank you for writing the check for another $3,000. And we're going to travel here. We're going to travel there and you got to get exposed and you got to see this person. That's the, that's the harsh reality of it. And it's a business. You know, it's a bit, it's a hundred percent of business. You know, if I, if I, if I had a penny 
for every time I heard, you know, a club coach or a parent say, well, club coach told me my kid's going to get a D1 scholarship. They play on the D level. There's A, B, C, and D level of, of the soccer club. But, you know, and my kid's on the D level, which is the bottom level. But they assure me he's going to get a scholarship to go play soccer somewhere, you know. It's, it's all the, the false hopes and aspirations. And, and the other thing is parents, parents don't allow their kids to fail anymore because they're told so much that, you know, you're going to get a scholarship. You're going to go on to play. You're going to go do this. You're going to have this, all these opportunities and coaches are going to be knocking on the door. And, you know, and then if a parent doesn't, you know, like the lack of playing time or the, the amount of playing time that the kid's getting, they're just, oh, well, I'm just going to take Johnny over to this team. And I'm going to shuffle them around to this club team or this club team. And they're going to move to this one and go on to that one. And, you know, they don't teach the kid anything except, well, look at the transfer portal now. Well, I didn't get my playing time. I'm going to jump the transfer portal. It's better. So the grass is always greener. I'm going to go somewhere else. And they get somewhere else and they realize, well, it really isn't much better anywhere else. Um, you know, so I personally, you know, I wish, I wish it would go back to almost 20 years ago when we played or you know like AAU meant something like if you were on an AAU team you were freaking good yeah. you know now it's like it's you, you know got, you got the money and you got a bunch of other kids that might come into the program and you buy their other packages to help your child get better then you're, you're you might get more playing time that carrot is there I literally just experienced this. Not only that, I had a bunch of conversations with other fathers too, and you're trapped. So, you know, back in September, before we started basketball, we've had all of these almost exact conversations, play multiple sports. You know, this is, this is the best thing, not only to make your athlete or son or daughter a better athlete, but it's the best way to, to prevent uh, injuries. And I, and I buy into it because I, I understand it. I get it. But experiencing as a parent, all the pressures and the way things are set up, it's almost impossible, especially out, out here in, in California. Some of the guys are telling me, you know, because back in the Northeast, because there's the harsh winters, it's a little bit different. But out here, we started baseball on January 6th. <laughs> and... And, and, it, and it's okay. It's okay. Cause now, now I can see, all right, it's probably going to be two sports. I don't know if I'm going to get a third in there, but I'm not going for 11 months on one, which was what was proposed in September. If you want to be on the good team, the black team, if you're good enough to make it, you also have to give an 11 month commitment. But if you want to play in the lower level, maybe you could opt out in five months. Well, I took the opt out in five months and I didn't know what I was going to be able to do, you know, Part of it was I got tired of the bullshit, you know? Yep. I know what my child needs to get be to be a better basketball player. And right now it's playing time. The things that he's has a deficit in, he just needs to be on the court and just experience it over and over and over again. High reps, just running up and down the court until it clicks in his head. Hey, I shouldn't be in this position. I got to be in this position when this play happens. You got to play the game. I'm not going to go and just spend thousands and thousands of dollars for lessons and you know maybe the chance that he's going to get more playing time i don't care because you know I'm, I'm sitting and thinking about when i was in sixth grade you know i i got to go on and play in college and you know how many of those kids were were were, were, were next to me when when i was in college that were there in sixth grade 
Zero. I don't think any. Maybe one. There wasn't any. 75% of kids drop out of organized sports by the time they get to high school because they're so burnt out and tired of just being shuffled around. They want to be kids. They want to they want to be with their friends. They get girlfriends, they get boyfriends, they get significant others. They have other interests. And, you know, sometimes it's, unfortunately it's parents living out vicariously through their kids, you know, in terms of what they want or, you know, I mean, you look at football and you look at one of the, during the football draft, you look at how many, how many times they reference how many multiple sport athletes they have on that, that, that are being drafted. Because football is a short season. Football is from, you know, August and, or, you know, obviously summer training, whatever. And then once football is over and around Thanksgiving, Massachusetts is around Thanksgiving, you were done a little bit after that. If you made the playoffs, whatever, you, you were done with football. And then you want to play basketball or you went on and played lacrosse. So you went on and or wrestled. There, there was, or you wrestled or yeah. wrestling and track are two, one of the best two things a football player can do. You got to get faster. Okay. It's, you know, or you throw, you either ran or you threw, you know, a lineman go throw, you know, learn something, get in the weight room and lift your ass off. Like that's, that's what should happen. You know, not this, thankfully football isn't year round, it, but if right. it was, we'd have the same issues that you find in basketball, you find in lacrosse, you find in soccer, you know, we even talk about, you know, girls and ACL tears and all that stuff. Like, you know, the, the prevalence of ACL tears in women is, is crazy. And if you don't start as a parent of, of a daughter, if you don't start doing something as far as, you know, footwork, agility, quickness, balance, motor control type stuff, um, ACL prevention, um, which includes strength training, by the time they're like 9, 10, 11 years old before puberty, once they hit puberty, you are screwed. You're screwed for, as, a, as a female. Like your, your rate and your incident of ACL tear goes way up, goes way up. You know, I, I think parents get lost inside of, you know, seeing that 11 or 12 year old that is just an incredible athlete, you know, or if it's their kid, you know, they're 12. The next six years, you're not even going to recognize what, what, what they look like. They're going to change. And there's going to be other kids that grow up bigger and stronger than them and end up being better athletes that are not now. It, it's hard in that moment to, to realize that. And here's another thing I want to throw out at the two of you that we discussed uh, a couple of fathers, you know, that time period where you change sports, you know, you, you do baseball and then you go away for it for three, four five months, whatever it is, or, or basketball, whatever, you know, when you're going through that phase of, of growing and getting stronger and, you know, you're becoming a better athlete. If you're in that sport all year through you never get to realize that when you come back and you do something you're like, you're like, wow, I, I can do this now. I, I can jump higher. I, I'm stronger. I'm pushing people around. Like you, you don't get that because you're, you're in the sport all the time. You never get to see that development for yourself because of that time off. Yep. Well, and I think when you get, go away from something that you enjoy doing and then you come back to it, you appreciate it more. And I'm not saying, you know, you can't pick up a, a ball and go shoot hoops in your driveway, you know, during the summer or whatever, you can't pick up a lacrosse stick and, you know, throw, you know, throw against a wall or something like, I'm not saying that like, but for a year round, like, you know, Hey, I'm going, you know, or the parents are like, oh, I'm going to this practice. My daughter's got softball. And then, 
you know, they're going to this practice, you know, cause they have to go year round and, you know, they're playing club and then they're playing town and then they're playing high school. And, and now even like a lot of high schools or a lot of club teams don't even allow you to play high school ball, whether it's soccer or lacrosse, you know, really? it's, yep. yeah. Massachusetts, there were some club teams, they were flat out told if you, if you um, play your high school, you are off the club team. So, because, because apparently high school coaches aren't as good as the club coaches. So high school coaches, you know, <laughs> that, that, that's exactly what, what people get told. <laughs> your, high school, your high school coach sucks and we're the only ones that know what we're doing on the club side of it. So, you know, you can't play. Yeah. And the no, next eight months, the, the next eight months is a $5,000 add on fee to your already membership. So. In terms of basketball, it's a completely different game. The AAU games are completely different. It's yeah. like the NBA. It's set up for the for the stars to just run up and down the court and show their skills. It's not basketball. Yes. Nobody's rebounding. Nobody's playing defense. No one's playing as a team. It's the NBA. It's the NBA. Yeah, it's the NBA. It's not basketball. You're, you're going to get a better coach in high school because he's not getting he's paid as much. He has to know the game a lot better, and he's dedicated. Yep. Yeah, but right now, right now, the top schools, the top basketball schools in high school, they're getting paid. Yeah. Well, if yeah. you're looking at Texas, if you're looking at, you know, some of those, yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're, I mean, IMG Academy, they're Mount Vern, Oak Hill. I mean, those, these guys are putting guys, these guys, uh, and I'm not, I, I don't like what I was about to say. I mean, they have people that played in high school that are in the league now. I mean, I'm not going to say they're in the league because of the coach. I mean, Kevin Durant's in the league because he's six six eleven, can handle the ball and can shoot the shoot the shit out of it. Yep. So, I mean, we both know the story about Ke about Kevin Durant and the NBA Combine, where he where he couldn't bench one eighty five one time and everybody laughed at him. Tom Brady the same way. And yeah. I mean, yeah. Arguably the arguably the best football player ever. Yep. Ran a five ran a five two forty. As a quarterback, he can't hear you. He's got seven rings. <laughs> but it's, I mean, so. it goes back to, too, like, like I said, you know, lifting is lifting, playing is playing, but the lifting piece and the training piece and the, the scheduled time off, like, and the nutrition piece and the sleep piece, it all ties into your longevity. You know, I mean, it, playing football is like getting into a car wreck every single week at, at the NFL level, you know, so you have to know when to back off, when to, when to go, when to stop. And, and even, you know, coaching college kids, you got to do the same thing. You guys, like my guys with high minutes, I back off, you know, it's, I tell them and I had this conversation this morning, Hey, you, got, you know, some of my guys are like, well, I kind of feel weak. You know, I was doing 155 for, I did 155 for 12 reps, which is body weight for uh, some of the guys, you know, during the, during the preseason. And they're like, I just did four today and I felt like shit. I'm like, well, your priorities kind of change. Like, you know, in the summer it's lifting and conditioning, all that stuff is here. Hockey's down here. And then now pri your priority is hockey. Your, your lifting pieces to maintain. And I hate the word maintain, but at the same time, cause some guys can get stronger, but my guys with a lot of minutes, as long as you maintain 90%, 85% of your strength, your risk, your, your, your injury predictor is going to be way less, you know, but if you're maintaining less, less than 85% of your strength, then you're going to start picking up injuries and nicks and dicks. So if your nutrition's going to shit, 
you're going to start and you're not sleeping you're going to pick up you know more you know more issues and things like that so it's a it's it all goes hand in hand i mean tom brady same thing like he, he's dialed in on his nutrition why is he why has he had the longevity he's had he's dialed into his nutrition he's dialed into his training you know he's not out doing dumb things like some some pro players are doing you know and he's taking he took care of his body for so long that's why he could be you know and the linemen thankfully it's the linemen in front of him <laughs> who don't get it i mean he also took he took an opportunity made the most of it yep. i mean yeah you know the the definition of luck is when opportunity meets preparation yeah you know so you know i i I applaud the gentleman for his career and how impressive it was. And he made the most of it. And hopefully in his next venture, he will, uh, you know, be as successful and as happy. So, and that's for Tom, that's for, that's for Tom, because I know he's listening. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He'll be a good dad coaching his kids is what he's going to (laughs) do. Exactly. And that's where we come in. We'll help you out, Tom. Um, Leanne, if anybody wants to reach out to you, how can they do that? And where is Leanne going to be in one year, three year, five years from now? <laughs> Retired. <laughs> no. You'd be, like the, you'd be like the second or third person to ever retire as a strength coach. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Not many. Not many. Um, Will you no. be able to hang it up, though? No. <laughs> the problem is i love coaching too much i love coaching walking into the weight room and seeing kids develop it didn't matter whether it was at the high school level here at the college level i the what makes me happy every single day is seeing their successes whether it's on the field on the court in the weight room um personal in life or professional it doesn't matter like they're to me they're my kids like it's you know I see things on Facebook on Instagram all the time of kids that I coached when they were in fifth grade and now they're graduating or they're getting married or like those those things are pretty cool um you know to see kids go on and play play in the league and you know to get picked up and to have get a sign up pro contract like you know everyone asks me like who's your favorite team I'm like I don't really have a favorite pro team it's honestly it's whoever my kids that that, you know my athletes that I've coached end up on like that's who I'm rooting for I'm rooting for them like not necessarily a team per se um you know and and it's been it's been a good career and watching kids succeed and do well and do awesome amazing things in life you know even beyond college athletics and and beyond being a high school you know high school player so um, Coach, thanks for coming on. It's always a blast. You got out of that answering that question, by the way. So we'll hold that. Oh, yeah, you're right. I did. <laughs> <laughs> we'll save that for round number three. I'll, I'll answer this. I'll answer this. My husband would like me to retire tomorrow or last year, basically, <laughs> but I'm not ready yet. Like, I, I want to coach. And, and honestly, even if I truly retired from um, being in a college setting, I would go volunteer at a high school. I would go help out. Like I, I would never truly give it up. Um, you're going to wind up going to the dark side and become an administrator that you will not see. (laughs) I would say, I will mark my words. You will not see, you will not, you will not see that. I have absolutely zero desire um, to do when it, when it happens, you're going to hire me as your director anyway. So ha ha. (laughs) <laughs> even though even though I know I could make things better if I was in that seat because 
I've been on the bottom floor. We're on, I'm in the basement. We're, we're on the luxury level, lower level too. It's a luxury <laughs> level. You know, I've been on the bottom floor. I've worked my ass off. I understand where support staff is coming from. So I know I would do an unbelievable job, but I can't sit at a desk. Like I can't, like I can sit at a desk right now, but like I'm wearing sweats. Like I'm not going to dress up, you know, like this is what you get. <laughs> that's okay a lot of coaches are a lot of coaches are dressing down on the sidelines so why can't admins you're right look at basketball when i when i worked for ben's basketball it was a suit you had to wear a suit on the sidelines now it's like khakis are all right you know like sneakers i mean shaka shaka smart looks like one of his managers yep and god bless him i'm not hating shaka i love it <laughs> i mean i got mad when my coaches always said mark you got to be in a suit why yep I'm stretching, guys. What do you What do you want me to be for? Warm them up. Yeah, I'm gonna warm them up, and then I'm gonna like give them their water bottle. I might take the head coach's coat from him when he throws it somewhere. Yeah. But I, I don't need to be in a suit and tie. <laughs> so please stop that. The strength coaches dress appropriately. <laughs> you don't need to wear a suit and tie. Yep. Polo yeah. shirt. Polo Where shirt. Can our listeners shorts. find the uh, an NSCA collegiate strength and conditioning coach <laughs> I'm uh, here at Arizona State. Um, uh, Leanne Blinn or L. Blinn at uh, ASU.edu. Um, I'm on social media, but I'm not a social media like out there. You know, I don't, um, I'd rather be coaching on the floor than, you know, taking selfies and, you know, posting stuff like I, you know, um, but I'm always happy to talk and chat. And, um, you know, sometimes it may, may get take well, I mean, for me to get back to you, but I always definitely get back to people. Uh, so she does. She responded to me yesterday while while in a meeting. I did. <laughs> <laughs> That's because I was bored. No, it's <laughs> hey, I hey, I don't care. I got people that aren't bored take, that don't re return my get. contact stuff. So <laughs> no. Well, thanks, coach, for coming on again. It's always a blast, and uh, hope to have you back again. Sure. Thanks for having me. Leanne, good luck with the rest of the season. Hope uh, you make the uh, the Frozen Four and hopefully bring a championship back there to Tempe. It would be pretty awesome. We have an awesome coaching staff and awesome group of kids that I would love to see nothing more than that for them. So. Awesome. We're signing off. My name is Chris Ray. We are the Athlete Hackers. That is Mark Spellman. And as always, appreciate you guys taking the time out of your busy schedule to listen to us. Uh, we can be found on Google, Spotify, YouTube, Apple, and a bunch of others. And a bunch of others. <laughs> All my best. God bless and peace. Peace.